0: Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecaster here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, October 27, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? The first thing we're going to do is take a look at the daily chart, see what jumps off the page. We're going to have a discussion around important numbers. We're going to take a look at a chart of a specific stock We're going to learn how to use some trend lines. We'll pull it out of trade school 101. We're also going to have a short discussion on one of the components or psychologies around how to stay in a trade, why we don't stay in a trade, why we get out too early, why we take bigger losses than we do gains. We're going to have that discussion for a couple of moments. Sounds like a pretty good lineup. All I have to do is remember to discuss all that stuff. Let's start with a little bit of a get up on the edge of your chair because you want to know more type of scenario. There's a bigger move coming sooner than later. Now that may not become such a shock to some. There's a lot of traders. There's a lot of people out there looking for a big move in the market. There's a lot of people looking for a big move down. They may be right. There may be a surprise move. What's a surprise move? If you expect a move higher and it goes lower, that's a surprise. If you expect it to go lower and it goes higher, that's a surprise. So who's to say which one is the surprise? Frankly, I don't care which way it goes as long as I can identify which way it's going early. Why do I think there's a bigger move coming? Let me explain from both angles. We're going to play the umpire. We're going to look at both sides of the tape. Remember, we're calling balls and strikes first let's look at the bull case so here's what we've got it's pretty simple stuff you have a move up and you basically have a pullback pattern the market could be winding up it didn't get above the high of this breakdown candle but it could certainly be winding up for another move to make new highs to bust through the high of that breakdown candle that is absolutely without a shadow of a doubt on the table Could we say at this point that the market pulled back to a former breakout area being this 339 general zone? Absolutely, we can say that. They're still hanging around there. But what's to say they can't take off? We could look back like a Monday morning quarterback and say, hey... What did they do they ran up they couldn't bust out to new highs they came down to the most recent breakout area they hung around for a couple of days and then they took off back to the upside we could absolutely see that scenario happening it could unfold it's absolutely on the table and by the way What happens if the market takes off a couple of days from now, for example, maybe two, three days from now? What else we'll be able to say is they did that whole thing we just discussed, but they did it on time. What do I mean by that? That's right out of the course at Lazy E-mini Trader when we discuss how and why time is more important than price and how we use it to our advantage. What about the flip side? What about the bear case? Here's the way this works from at least my and common sense and logical perspective. Let's say they get below yesterday's low. That's obviously bearish. Remember the weekly chart we discussed yesterday. If they're getting below yesterday's low, there's a high probability that they're also below the low of that breakup candle right here. This is the week ending October 9th. If they get below that low, guess what? Where are they headed? Pretty logical conclusion that on this weekly chart, they'd be headed to the vicinity of maybe a spike through the 20 period moving average or home base. So let's use that concept and see where it takes us going forward. There's also a gap down below the 20 period moving average. So what we're gonna do, and here's how the chart gets marked up, but this is how I do this in real time. This is how I take a first look at what one chart might be saying on another chart. So I wanna see what lines up on the daily chart when I bring these numbers back to the daily chart. What you see on the board is 330.86 is right now where that 20 week moving average is. So that's a general zone I wanna be aware of. And then I have that gap down at 328 and change. Now, all of a sudden, the chart starts to look interesting. Let me explain what I see, right? What jumps off the page at me is what's generally important. Usually, I'm going with my gut. You can see the 328.73. That's a gap that's below the 100-period moving average. But interestingly enough, the weekly chart 20-week moving average comes in at 330.86, right above the 100 day moving average. So in between those two numbers is a 100 period moving average on the daily chart. That zone is very, very interesting. There's also something else that jumps off the page, kinda slaps me around a little bit, and here's what it is. On the 23rd of September, right here, you had a pretty big breakdown candle. Then the day and then two days later, the market began to reverse and they went higher ever since. Now, well, let me qualify that. Not ever since, but they went higher to the following peak before they started to come down. But here's the deal. That was a breakdown candle, and what you see is, generally speaking, that breakdown candle, if the market, for example, consolidates for a while, eats some time off the clock, builds a bearish, wedgish, kind of flaggish pattern out of it, then you're going to see a continuation move to the downside. But that candle was immediately reversed, and what that tells me, that same energy that would generally be released in the southern direction got released in the northern direction. So guess what? Just so happens, once again, that 330.86 comes in right at the top of that breakdown candle. The exact high of that candle, 331.20. we'll call it 331 to split the difference. How do I know that's important? What do I use as evidence that that's important? Well, I'm going to tell you, and by the way, this is the same exact thing you're going to see in the notes today inside the numbers. It didn't take place, meaning this setup or this scenario, but it easily could have, and it would have represented a possible trade setup. Here's the reason why it's a trade setup. Now watch this. We talked about a breakdown candle high, and the high comes in at 321, 20. You hear me all the time talk about the market running a test. Well, guess what? Over here, the low of this candle is 331.19. I would say that's pretty good evidence that the market ran a test of that break down candle high and took off back to the upside. So what we've done here, and there's more evidence, but this is enough to say that 330.86, thereabouts, right? We're going to use something on either side. This is off a weekly chart. This is off a daily chart. This is going to be likely a big spot if the market gets there in a hurry. If the market hovers over that number for a while and eats time off the clock, it diminishes the importance of that number. But if it were to get down there in a hurry, here's what we know. That spot, in and around that spot, should be garden variety chart support. What we've done is uncovered a bucket full of reasons, what I like to call a full stack. So here's what I'm saying, and I want to tie this back together with what if we get below first hourly and then daily below yesterday's low, then that area around 331 and slightly below becomes magnetic to the market the market's going to want to pay a visit the closer it gets to that 20 week moving average the more magnetic that moving average will become and price will get drawn in so if we get below yesterday's low i believe that number that general area gets quote-unquote activated becomes magnetic and it pulls price down into it guess what 3.31 down to 3.28.73 up in that neighborhood where that gap is, that general zone is absolutely a buy zone if they get there in a hurry and soon. So that is the bear case. What about inside the numbers? Here's the deal today. What we're gonna do is talk about a couple of the larger items that occurred. After all, the market traded in a rather narrow range most of the day. But at the same time, our numbers still prove to be important. So let's take a look at what we've got. And what I'll do is, for those interested, I'll scroll up. You can pause the video, read the notes, check back to the charts to see what happened to validate whether or not I'm full of garbage. They were floating higher right out of the chute when we woke up in the morning. Doesn't really mean anything. It's just what it was at the time. So what we do is we have some early thoughts. The early thoughts on the board are, what are the important numbers? We have to know both sides of the tape. This is the global view. This is before the market opens. What do we see from the big picture? We really don't know at this stage if they're going to go up, if they're going to go down. So we have to be prepared. This is how we come in uniform, ready to go. So what do we have on the board? Seems pretty straightforward. We know about the important number at 339.33. Way up above, we have 341.59, which we'll talk about a little bit later when we get further in and back to the chart. And on the flip side, down at the bottom, we also have 338.50, which should be support. So in short, what are we saying? If they get below 339.33, 338.50 should be support. Routine. Right of the vertical today's activity. The two horizontal lines you see, the first one at 339.33 still, the second one below 338.50, and you can see what happened today. That was, in fact, the range minus a couple of times below, a couple of times above, but the market spent most of the day inside that range. On the top side, they tried to get over the big fat round number, 340. They did it a couple of times by a few pennies, fell away. They came a little bit below 338.50, bounced right back. Finished the day below 338.50. On its face, that's bearish. There's always a method to the madness. The reason why I wanted to show you that narrow range is because you know what's going to be in the notes. You're going to see a lot of those numbers over and over again. You're going to see a lot of the same stuff repeated over and over again because the market didn't do anything. It bounced back and forth inside that range all day long. So either way, for those interested and active trading the market during the day, I urge you to read the notes, go back to the charts, double check the work, see if you're learning anything along the way. For example, here's a chart that was put up today and here's why. Because if in fact the market did go higher, we knew where it would start really catching steam. We know what it had to get over, start closing candles over, hourly close over, all that stuff. And then we know where it would be headed. We know what resistance would be. It would also be a target. And therefore, that was that 341.59, give or take. So a lot of times for a lot of people, it it's... A way for something that might not be so clear on the first read-through, it's a way for us to visually say, hey, wait a minute, now I get that. And then sometimes we have those aha moments, and sometimes we start unfolding other information that was basically on the tip of our brain. Let me continue scrolling through so that those of you interested can read the notes. You're going to see important numbers visited, important numbers discussed, reasons why they're discussed, what happens if we close candles over or under, what the next number is, all those things are important. But here's something that I wanna point out, and I think a lot of you will get a kick out of this. Look at the 3.45 post. Recent high in the last push was, wait for it, 3.39.33. You can't make this up. Let me explain further. We're back on this five-minute chart, and I'll just pull this over just a little bit, And what you'll see here in this candle, before the end of the day, 15 minutes before the end of the day, the high was exactly 339.33, and the market fell off from there, trading down into the end of the day. Now, I'm not suggesting we knew that was going to happen. What I'm suggesting is that that number is absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, important. What about stocks on the move? So today we had the first three that hit their price objectives. The last one on the list, CHGG, jumped the first target, but it did hit the second. So we'll take a look at that one as well. PFG, CAT, AMD, and the one that was left out in the dust was SWK. As always, we're going to take a look at the good, the bad, and the fugly. The first one you saw was PFG, Principal Financial, 3943 was the number, You see what happened early in the day. They came close, they rallied away. They came close, they basically went sideways most of the day, and then they did the deal at the end of the day. They're basically hanging around for a cup of coffee. Why? Because there's another destination. No harm, no foul. It was actually a no trade. Nobody's taking that trade at the end of the day. The reality is, this is the trade that we would have been looking for. Down here, if this hit the number, that's the trade right there. That's a great trade. That's a bona fide day trade. How about Caterpillar? This is one of those deals where it was really a no trade. There were some traders that took this anyway. They did make some money. You can see what happened. They basically hung around all day, bouncing off the number, hanging around for a cup of coffee. Why? Because there's likely another destination in mind, or they just didn't feel like having to get up and go today. Either way, it was a no trade because they came too close, bounced away. When they finally did come into it, they did the deal, but it was a no trade. It was a sloppy deal. It's a no trade. How about AMD? This one's interesting for a couple of different reasons. Just real quick, 77.70 was the number. You can see what happened at 77.70. They traded up basically into the end of the day. But the interesting one about this was what happened in the pre-market. The stock was trading lower in the pre-market. It was on the board. I had the number. I put it on the board. And then the stock started trading higher. And it actually opened the day only like a quarter below where it closed yesterday. So it didn't even look like it was in play. And look what happened. All day, the stock trades lower, at least all morning. And then in the early afternoon, the stock comes into the number, bounces off of it, and begins to trade higher. What's interesting about that is All stocks have a destination. They have a destination up above. They have a destination below. They don't have to be trading lower or higher in the pre-market to have the destination. But if they get going in one direction or another after the opening bell, they're going to go to the destination. Every stock, every market, every chart has a destination. Our job is to figure out where it is. Well, actually, I suppose that's my job. It is the first thing on my mind when I wake up every single day. What's in motion? What do we got today? The last one on the board was Chegg, and here's the deal. 81.38 was the first number on the board the stock opened below. It's wiped off the board. The second number is active, 79.64. They come into the second number, spike it by a bit, go on an immediate rocket ride, handing traders the deal. These type of trades or these type of results are the reason why we have to take at least some profit off the table on those immediate rocket rides. You never know which ones are going to keep going. You never know which ones are going to come back. So at minimum, we have half the profit in our pocket that we went in with, meaning half the position. And if we have to stop out of the rest, so be it. We still made a profit on the trade. It's the only way I know of to get the best of both worlds. Here's a chart that many of you ask me about on a regular basis. A lot of you are intrigued with DraftKings. That's fine. So am I. I've traded it a number of times. I thought I would point out a couple of interesting things. You see some numbers on the screen. Those are my numbers for DraftKings from a swing trade perspective. I had higher numbers. However, right now, if it came into this zone, 35 basically down to 30 bucks, I think it's a buy with both hands. You could get some kind of a washout down in that zone. I don't know that it will get down in that zone, but if it does, it's definitely a buy with both hands, at least for me. There's also a lot of support in the general area where it is now. So there's a number of things going. You kind of almost have somewhat of a full stack on your hands. Doesn't mean it can't go lower, but they're starting to stack up. What do I mean by they're starting to stack up? the reasons why this is becoming a long trade from this general zone first the fact that it pulled all the way back from above 60 that's good they wipe some of the luster off they wipe some of the shine off this thing it was getting too much press Too much good news, it was always gonna go higher, it was gonna go to 100, who knows whatever they said. Now they take some of the shine off, and all of a sudden, I get interested because the thing looks like it's becoming a sale, meaning on sale. So here's something that I wanted to point out. You can see, I know there's a lot of stuff on the screen, but if you can see the horizontal or diagonal trend line in black drawn, connecting this low here, and this low here, you'll see that we've just now breached and we've also closed the day below that trend line. Now, they can obviously pop back up above the trend line, but if they continue lower then that 35 area, 35 and change, general zone looks pretty juicy to me. So here's what we have. We have a general area where we are, 38.70 on close today. They're at a trend line. They're at an important inflection point. They're almost to the point where I want to say this thing's going to be on time pretty soon. Those of you that have taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader will know what I'm referring to. Let's say in the next, let's say two or three or four days, they come into the 35 and change even below that into that area. Guess what? I'm a buyer. So hopefully that answers some of your questions on how I'm looking at DraftKings. Next, I want to circle back to something I mentioned early on in the video. And that is a little bit about the psychology of why we take profit early at times. And sometimes the games that are played not necessarily by other people or the market in general... But games that are played by our mind as a result of what's happening, what just happened, what happened in the past, and what we fear might happen again. I always say time is more important than price. And whenever I say that, I mean it in a lot of different ways. Here, we're going to use time from a psychological perspective. We're looking at a five-minute SPY chart. It's just random. It doesn't matter. We'll use today's range as an example. Let's just say, for argument's sake, you enter a trade down at the lower end of the range earlier in the day. Let's just pick this out and say, we're going to pick off the low. We're going to enter the trade. We want to be long the market. We're looking for a minimum profit. So in this hypothetical trade, we enter at 338.50 or thereabouts and we wait and we're waiting and the market starts to take off and it goes in our direction. It goes up. It doesn't go up far enough, we don't sell, we're getting greedy, and it starts to come back down. Now, here's the point in time I'm talking about. So it goes up and up and up, and it goes up to this point here where it made a high of 339.23. Let's just say, for argument's sake, we're looking for a buck. Now, let's talk about time again. So we got in the trade somewhere about 10.25, maybe slightly before. The market made this high about 10.40. So let's just say we're in the trade about 15 or 20 minutes. Now, what I need you to do from here is think back to any trade. Think about 20 minutes. What are we doing in that 20 minute period of time? We're watching price go back and forth. We're watching the trade. We barely take our eyes off the chart. 20 minutes is a long time when you're staring at the same thing. So what happens is the longer the trade goes on, the more impatient we get because we get tired of staring at the same thing. We want out of the trade, but we want to make a profit. This is absolutely what's going on inside our mind. And here's what else is going on. After about 20 minutes, the trade or this particular stock, the SPY comes back down. Look at the next candle. Just five minutes later, you're making a low of 338.47 right where you bought the darn thing. Now, What's your mind doing? Uh Uh-oh, I missed out, I didn't take the profit, I got greedy, now I'm at break-even, should I get out? I'm going to lose money, I missed the boat, I'm such a freaking idiot. Now that discussion, that internal discussion with ourselves, happens before it gets to the break-even point. It happens long before that, it happens on the way down as it keeps going lower and lower and lower, and we feel like a fool, we feel like a schmo, we're going to wear the schmuck shirt, we're going to put on the hat to boot. What do we do? We get out about break-even right before, and on the last tick, before the thing turns around, goes right back up to where? Our original target. That happens over and over and over again. Trades are very similar to sitting at a blackjack table. The longer you sit at a blackjack table, the more opportunity you're going to have to lose, the more opportunity the house is going to have to win. You want to be in a trade for as little time as possible. The longer the trade goes on, not that the trade isn't going to work out, but what's going to happen is our mind plays games on us. We have mental masturbation. Now, go forward from there. With all that gyration going on, Even if the thing starts to go back up, what do we tend to do? Human nature tends to punch us out early because now we had a big profit, we were break even, maybe we were even at a loss Now we have a small profit. We're happy we're not losing. We feel stupid for not taking the profit when we think we should have, so we end up taking the profit too early and then the thing continues to take off and again, we're wearing the schmuck shirt and the hat. What do I always say? The market is designed to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. That little 30, 40-minute exercise from entry down here To the whip out and then the recocking of the gun and then the rally without us. All that stuff in about 30 or 40 minutes happens all the time. And here's the aha moment. If 338.50 was a buy, it was support, the market rallied up, it came back, what was it doing? It was running a test. Not to say it couldn't go lower, anything could happen. But the market does like to run tests of important numbers, support or resistance. So when the market runs a test, it can be viewed in a positive light, meaning if it's a successful test, we should be good to go. If it's a failed test, we got to get out of the trade. But we shouldn't necessarily be scared away with the test. Put that in the awareness column. What do we find when we stop by Camp IWM? Well, here's the deal. As compared to the SPY that was down less than 1% today, the IWM, which is my favorite market-leading indicator, was down 1.5%, basically doubling the SPY. Is that positive or negative? Well, the answer's obvious. It's a leading question. Remember that discussion from before about yesterday's low? Well, guess what? The IWM may be the first one to the party. Below yesterday's low brings in the 50-period moving average, puts it on the table. Guess what? They gave up the 20-period moving average today after a successful test yesterday. That's extra bearish on its face. Similar situation that we discussed before. Remember, all charts act and react the same way. You have a breakup candle low at 154.48. I've got an important number at 155.70. You have an important number down here, 154.48. You have a 50-period moving average. If quickly and sooner than later is support. Hello, what about the RSP? We're already below yesterday's low, finishing on the lows. Broader sell-off than the SPY. Of note, puzzle piece On the table. What's the magnet that's going to draw a price? The 100-period moving average. Not only for that reason, there's a full stack of reasons why it's going to be drawn down there. 108, give or take, is the spot. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Second favorite market-leading indicator, but a number one favorite canary in the coal mine. So guess what? Below yesterday's low, approaching the 50-period moving average. This is telling us something. It's telling us that there's more evidence on the bear side of the ledger than the bull side of the ledger. That's why we look at all these charts. All this stuff, puzzle pieces on the table, the picture is beginning to develop where the SPY, the S&P 500, has to go lower. We take it at face value using the 80-20 rule, meaning 80% of the time, the thing that looks like it's gonna happen is actually gonna happen 20% of the time. And in a lot of cases, less than that. The other thing happens. But guess what? When the other thing starts to unfold, we can figure it out, identify it, and guess what? We can trade it. Who's we? Inside the numbers members. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? What are the cues telling us? Quite interestingly enough, a positive day. Another puzzle piece on the table on the bull side of the ledger. This chart doesn't look like the other charts. Nowhere near yesterday's low. We have divergences out here. This is why we look at a variety of charts. We put all the puzzle pieces on the table, whether they're divergences or not. Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. What about the financials? What's the XLF telling us? Well, they've now given up all the moving averages. So we can't sit here and say, hey, that's a bullish sign. No, that's not a bullish sign. They filled this gap down here at 2430. But guess what? They closed below it that's also not a bullish sign so we take stuff at face value and basically the xlf is telling us at face value it's bearish not bullish but here's the thing there's support at 24 you heard it here first how about good old smash mouth again we have to discuss yesterday's low give up yesterday's low that's a problem Hold yesterday's low, it could be a recocking of the gun. We know this chart, we know what it looks like, we had this discussion before. How are you going to know whether there's a big failure going on across the markets? Well, if we want to use the SMH as a gauge, and we can to a degree, what's the number? Where does the SMH get in big trouble? Well, here's what we could say. You flip over to a weekly chart and you say, all right, Here's a breakup candle, and it has a low of 174.65. We'll just round it up to 175. What else we have is a 20-period moving average sloping up into that general zone. Remember, this is a weekly chart, so it takes time to develop. But we also have a new high, and we have a potential failure on our hands. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to say on a weekly basis, any Friday close, you either give up or hold, That breakup candle low, if you don't hold it, if you give it up, if they give it up, it's trouble. If they give it up, I'm not so sure the 20-period moving average holds. You may have more of a failure of a new high than you do a failure of a breakup candle low. I would say the failure to break out to new highs would take precedent, therefore, that means more bearish than the other thing. That's my take on the weekly chart. What's the line in the sand? 169. You close the week below 169 and it's good night, Irene. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you these videos are not possible? That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss today. I'm David Frost. My Strategic Forecast, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.